Yemio chapter 52. Chapter 52 is the last chapter of this book. Book of Yemio is a difficult book to study. A lot of it is about the calamities that await the Jewish people, exile, destruction of the temple. There are points of light throughout the book. Now we come to the ending of the book. Now I would say as a general principle, we look for happy endings. We're not going to find an overly happy ending in the book of Yirmiyahu. But we do encounter rays of light at the very end of the book. In the previous chapter, chapter 51, which is the long chapter, together with 50, about the impending punishment that Bavel will meet. And the end of chapter 51, the last words of 51 are, Ad Haina Divrei Yirmiyahu, thus far the words of Jeremiah. So that sounds like an end. And in truth, chapter 52, which goes back to Sidkiyahu, and talks about he was a bad king, and then the rebellion of Sidkiyahu against the king of Bavel, and the impending response of the Buchanetta to Sidkiyahu, which results, as described here in the attempt by Tzitkio to run away, the capture of Tzitkio, the massacre of his family, the blinding of Tzitkio, the exile of Tzitkio. And then it continues, the chapter continues with the destruction of the temple. The king's house is destroyed, the temple is destroyed, the vessels of the temple are taken, and there's a long description, chapter 52, of the various vessels that remained in Jerusalem after the first exile, and a long description beginning in verse number 17 running all the way down to verse uh, 23, about all the different vessels that were taken, and then the murder of some of the leading priests, that begins in chapter 24, and others who are brought to Bavel and are executed by the king in, in Bavel. And finally, at the end of chapter, uh, verse 27, Vayago Yehuda Meyal Admato, Judah, Yehuda was exiled, from its land. Now, some of this information, actually, of chapter 52, we have already encountered in chapter 39. It's actually a repeat of what we saw in chapter 39, not all of it. And the bulk of the chapter, actually, is very, very similar, almost identical, to the last chapter of the Book of Kings, of Melachim Bet. Very, very similar. It's almost as if we insert into the book of Yirmiyoh another ending. And the first part of the chapter, the bulk of the chapter, is all about the destruction both of the kingship, the king who's exiled, Sikiyahu, and also the destruction of the temple. In the very end, though, of chapter 52, which perhaps is why it's here, is a, a mention of King Yehoyachin. Now, Yehoyachin, as we recall, also called Yechaniah, was a king who was banished to Bavel. He only served for a very short amount of time. He was banished to Bavel, and he was imprisoned in Bavel. And over here we are told, in chapter 52, the end of 52, and this is also found in uh, the Book of Kings, in Mulachim. The last chapter of Mulachim, of course, is chapter 25. And the very end of chapter 25 of Mulachim is virtually word for word the same as what we have here in our chapter 52, 
the last chapter of Yirmiyahu, and it's, it says here in Yirmiyahu, beginning in verse number 31, in the 37th year of the exile of King Yehoiachim of Judah, 25th day of the 12th month, Evil Merodech of Babylon, in the year he became king, took note, Nasa et Rosh, literally raised up his head, took note of King Yehoiachim of Judah and released him from prison. The expression Nasa Rosh we remember from several places, but one of them that's probably relevant is the story of Joseph in jail. Joseph in jail meets the baker and the butler who have dreams in the book of Genesis chapter 40, and Joseph interprets the dreams. The butler will be restored to his post, and the baker will be executed. And there the Torah uses the same phrase for both. Pharaoh will, Nassar Rosh, will lift up your head, literally. Now, the head of uh, the baker is taken off him. It's lifted up and removed. He's killed, hanged. But the other one, Nasarosh, is lifted up and restored to his post. Here we have the same expression. Also someone in jail who's being released from jail. He's not being restored to his post. He's still in exile. But he's being favored by the new king of Babel. Tovot, he spoke kindly to him, spoke well to him. He raises his throne, he gives him a throne above the other kings, that is to say the other kings who have been imprisoned in Babel. So he's being shown some kind of favored status amongst the imprisoned kings. He's removed from prison, he's raised above the others. In the next verse, verse 33, Vishina eight big day kilo, and he removes his prison garments. And he eats bread with it before him all the days of his life. And the last verse of the book, and his daily meal, his daily allotment, was given for each day by the king of Babel until the day of his death. For all the days of his life. And that is the conclusion of the book of Yermio as we have it in chapter 52. It actually reminds us very much of the story of Joseph. And we know that the story of Joseph has been recalled earlier in our study of Yermiyahu. Yermio himself thrown into the pit. That story recalled the Joseph story. And over here, we are recalling the story of Joseph who was in jail. Joseph in jail meets the baker and the butler, interprets their dreams. The butler is restored to his post. Two years later, he remembers Joseph. He tells the king about Joseph, the interpreter of dreams, when Pharaoh himself has dreams that are difficult to interpret. And Joseph is taken out of the jail, and the king gives him a different set of clothing. He changes his clothing, and Joseph comes before the king. Of course, Joseph is then given a very important post in the land of Egypt. And Joseph does eat separately from the Egyptians. That we're told in the text. But he's, of course, he has his food, he has his meals. He has an important position. He's no longer in jail. And that's the story of Joseph. He's not simply removed from jail, 
but he's given a very central post, the viceroy, in the land of Egypt. Over here, of course, that's not the case. He is still a prisoner, but he's not in jail, and he's given his daily meal. Now, but given the daily meal by the king, of course, has two sides to it. To eat before the king, from one perspective, is a very positive thing. Eating together suggests an alliance, a connection. He's not simply a prisoner. On the other hand, eating before the king, eating at the king's table, is a way that the king can keep an eye on you and to make the point that you are beholden to the king. But having said all that, overall, there's a positive side to what is happening to Yehoyachid, being raised up above the others. And what the book is saying, I think, in conclusion, is that we are already moving towards the other prophecy of Yirmiyahu, the prophecy of restoration. The restoration will come when the king allows the Jews to return. It's interesting that in the book of Chronicles, in Divrei Hayamim, also concludes with a, a foreign king giving permission to for the Jews to return. But there, the foreign king is not Evil Merodach, and Yechonia is not mentioned at all. In that account, of course, it skips over Yechonia, and it talks about Koresh. After the 70 years, the prophecy of Yirmiyahu, which is mentioned in Divrei Hayamim at the very end, king of Koresh issues a proclamation in writing. Thus says Koresh, so Koresh gives permission for the Jews to return to serve the God of heaven, Hashem. So they are ready, since the book of Chronicles is a later book, it talks about a true return and the building, rebuilding of the temple, that, of course, is much more significant than what happens in the book of Yirmiyahu. Yirmiyahu will not end with any great redemption. But what it does end with is a story which speaks of a movement towards a possible redemption. And that is the character of Yehoiachin, who was mentioned at the very end of the book. It is striking, for those who have studied the Megillah, Megillah Esther, that the Megillah, as some have noted, which mentions Yechonia, Mordechai in the Megillah was banished in that first exile of Yechonia. And there, the Megillah uses this very story, the same story of somebody who is, whose throne is raised above the others, his kisei is above, but in the Megillah, it's not the Jews who are initially raised above the others. But in the initial story, it's Haman, actually. In the case of the Megillah, so Haman is raised up. And the story takes place after Yechonia has been uh, exiled. Mordechai was exiled at the time of Yechonia. Whatever the chronology of the Megillah is, which is a separate question. But in our story, the one who was raised up above the other kings is Yechonia. And like the story of Joseph, the story of Joseph ends with Joseph dying in Egypt. 
and Joseph can't be moved out of Egypt, unlike his father Jacob. Yaakov is buried back in the land of Canaan. Joseph is not buried there, but he's placed in an ark, the Aron. An ark is something that you move in the Bible. So Joseph dies in Egypt, but he's placed in the Aron, which means a coffin, but also means an ark. We know the ark was always carried. So Joseph is there waiting to be redeemed. And that's the sense one gets at the end of chapter 52, at the end of the book. We're still in exile. But there is movement towards redemption. Yechonia is treated differently all of a sudden by a new king of Babel. So there is hope for the future.